Welcome to the More Than Hearers podcast. I'm Orion. With me is Peter. Hey, man. Hey, Peter. Uh, we are in the book of Luke. We are doing uh, chapter 9, part B. Because ah. we didn't finish last time. It's the first time ever. Let me give you the episode number so this one doesn't count as one of those episode numberless intros. 32. Thirty-two. I know it's just kind of crazy. More at some point, we'll probably be used to it. It'll be like one hundred six, right? Five ninety-one, almost six hundred. But yeah, it's still, still, yeah. When someone said the other day, like, "Are you still doing the podcast?" I go, "Yeah, we've recorded it." Oh wow, <laughs> thirty-one. I, I've known you for some years now, an amount of years. Uh, and you put on some fantastic birthday parties. I'm not trying to get in, in the middle of you like giving out the, the email. I'll that. get there. Don't I'll worry. Get there, but, uh, you had your 32nd birthday. I was at it. You actually made things that said 32 is greater. Little keychains and refrigeration. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's one still on your refrigerator. Oh, that's that's beautiful. So yeah. when you said we're on episode 32, I was like, it's like a it's like a marker for me. It's 32 a, is greater, greater than, 31. than 31. Yeah. I hope this episode. We'll see what happens. We had the transfiguration in 31. I think, okay, part of this, okay, we talk Bible on this show. Cut myself off twice. We talk Bible, we talk about non-Bible stuff, but it's usually in relation to the Bible. We're trying to get some Bible done here, and this we're studying the book of Luke. Uh, wanted to tell you, if you want to make a comment on what we're doing, uh, yeah, then you should do that, because we're, we're available. Online, email, podcast at morethanhearers.com, Facebook. Facebook.com slash more than hearers. Twitter, I'm at Orion Plays Music. Peter's at MTH underscore Peter. And I feel like I might have lost a train of thought there and there. It doesn't really matter. Did you give out the email? I did. Podcast at more than hearers.com. Yep, there it is again. Oh, yeah. And so now we're encouraging our listeners, that's you, to review us wherever you found us. Uh, hopefully, if it's an app of some sort, you can just click a little five-star review. And then I think it was Peter that said, and if we haven't delivered the type of quality podcast that you believe uh, deserves a five-star rating, then you should let us know how we can earn that five-star review from you. Man, that's so salesy, isn't that it? That sounds like – it like, sounds like you might have worked retail at some point in your life. Oh, wow. Cause I'm I, sorry for that. I've worked retail and had to give almost that very same speech to customers yeah, I, before. That was – that. I feel – um, oily. Now. You're going to get a survey in the mail. Okay. Uh, if you can't give me <laughs> five stars on everything, let me know so that I can earn your five star review. The, the big point of all this is we Thank really you for shopping at Best Buy. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I never worked at Best Buy. <laughs> we really want to reach people with, uh, with God's love and Truth. And a better understanding of that. I mean, yeah. I think that's what that, when we're studying truth, like what's it for? It's not just so that we can say, "Oh, I memorized a Bible scripture," or "Oh, I know what the Bible teaches about X, Y, or Z." That just kind of head knowledge stuff. Like it really needs to be to reaching a better understanding of what He wants from us in our life, in our obedient uh, Christian walk, and as well as uh, yeah, there's, yeah, we're gonna get into some fun stuff, like a little head knowledge stuff. I think that's that's all fun, but that's that's kind of just supportive of this other stuff. It's not the point. I don't think it should be anyway. 
I, it's it's that idea behind the name more than hearers. Like we can hear all this, we can know all this. We've got to, it's got to be more than that. More than that. It's got to change us. We've got to be confronted by it and changed by it, or at least examine ourselves in relation to it. So, okay. as a last point of this intro, uh, we are now accepting donations. If you want to see this ministry, I think it's okay to call it a ministry. Uh, hopefully, there's some entertainment value in it too but uh but yeah we're i mean this is a, a this is our ministry uh, one of them one of our ministries i suppose and we're taking donations to help reach more people with that so your five-star reviews uh, should help in that i actually don't have any metrics to support that uh, and then we also <laughs> take donations uh you can paypal us uh same as our email podcast at more than com, and that's enough of that business talk yeah, for sure. Let's get on to the Bible. Hey, man. Hey, man. Luke chapter 9. We uh, left off last episode mid-chapter, which was uncomfortable, but to avoid having like a 90-minute episode, uh, we bailed out around verse 36 um, at the end of the account of the transfiguration. And we pick up in verse 37. And I want to set some background just in case it's been a while since you listened to the previous episode. Or maybe you're just binge listening. I don't know if this is like Netflix and you've like, you're trying to do 32 episodes in one sitting. Marathoning. Um, I, I can't think we're that interesting. <laughs> like, I'm not saying we're not interesting. I just listened to all 30 episodes. I'm just saying we're not that interesting uh, at all. Um, but uh, Jesus has taken Peter, James, and John up on the mountain. Uh, They're praying. Peter, James, and John, as is their custom, fall asleep. Peter kind of wakes up half groggy, rubbing his eyes, sees Moses and Elijah and Jesus glowing in the dark, and uh, decides he's got a great idea, fresh out of sleeping. That's when all my best ideas come. No. Not even a little bit. And uh, he goes, oh, we should build tents, Uh, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Me, James, and John, we sleep outside just fine. Um, And... Fog comes in. God goes, Peter, you're a moron. Uh, Not quite, but he goes, "Uh, this is my son. You need to do what he says. And boom, it's all over. Show's over. It's gone. And we pick up in verse 37. The next day when they came down the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams, and it throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. And I have to tell you, listeners, and I say this all the time, this is one of my favorite verses coming up in the whole Bible. Verse 41, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. You go, why is that your favorite verse? Uh, Here's why. Uh, Jesus is not talking about the dude with the demon possessed son. He's not talking about the crowd who's gathered around to try and see this thing happen. He's talking about the nine morons who've been trying to cast out the demon and couldn't, along with the three morons who tried to build tents on the mountain. Now, a lot of you are uncomfortable because I've just called the apostles morons. But at this point in their ministry development, that's about where they're at. Now, here's the other thing. I am also a moron when it comes to this stuff a lot of times. So Jesus, 
has had this great moment. And, and the transfiguration, the account, we talked about it last week, records. Jesus goes up on the mountain to pray. The time is coming for him to go to Jerusalem and to be crucified. He's having a rough go. So he goes up on the mountain to pray. And God goes, you know what's going to really help uh, give him some encouragement? I'm going to send two of the greatest humans in all of Jewish history to remind him of what's coming. Moses. Moses, the guy who got the covenant for the nation of Israel on the mountain. The Ten Commandments from God saw God's backside on the mountain. And Elijah. Elijah, the guy who never died, got taken up in a chariot of fire, called down fire from heaven, made it not rain for years. Uh, These two guys, God sends them to comfort and to encourage Jesus. And Jesus is like, all right, I can do this. I can do it. Peter says something dumb. God goes, this is my son, do what he says. And Jesus is like, yeah, right. See, you better, better recognize. And he goes, we're going to spend the night up here and we'll just go down in the morning. And they get down in the morning and the nine are arguing amongst themselves. It's recorded in one of the other gospels. I don't know if it's here. If it weren't recorded in the other gospels, it would look to me very much like Jesus is condemning the man, the right. father here. But look it, at this wording. Like, it, re- it reads that way. It but says it, Jesus replied. A reply is not usually to a person that was not involved in the conversation. True. So he, it's like if Jesus hears the man and then turns and he replies, he's forwarding, the, forwarding a message or whatever. He's replying to someone else, but he's CCing uh, the nine. <laughs> the nine. Okay, right? And, and really the 12. Or the 12 now. Yeah. Right? Sorry, they're all together. Yeah. And then, uh, but then at the end of it, he tacks on a little mention at Father. Um, uh, bring your son here. Bring your son here. So, yeah. but it doesn't read that he turned and, and you know included the other in this uh, conversation. And, and it, I could totally take a different and I think still applicable, but maybe not true understanding if he if he was talking to the to the dad. It's pretty harsh, though. It is harsh. Because the dad's seeking help. I mean, he brought the, the demon-possessed kid. He's looking for Jesus. Yeah. He finds the nine, and he goes, hey, you're, uh, you're one of his guys. Um, uh, yeah, Bartholomew. Um, hey, uh, kid, he's demon-possessed, and I want to see Jesus. And Bartholomew goes, uh, Jesus stepped out of the office for a few minutes. Is there something I can help you with? He goes, well, throws him into a fire and stuff. Bartholomew goes, let me get the other eight. We can work this out. We've, we just got sent out, beginning of the chapter. Yeah. Sent out. We've been given all authority on heaven and on earth to cast out demons. We'll get this done. And they can't do it. Like Bartholomew tries. It doesn't work. And Andrew goes, no, no, that's not how you do it. And he tries to do it and it doesn't work. And Judas steps in and goes, five bucks, I'll do it. No, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, little like jab at Judas. Sorry, I didn't. I couldn't help it. Um, Thomas tries. They all try. And then they're fighting about why isn't? Why didn't you? Why didn't it work? Why didn't? And they're arguing. I can't remember which gospel, and I should have had the cross reference ahead of time. But it says they're arguing amongst themselves. Jesus finds them arguing about it. It's too bad. I mean, I, I, I brought it up because I'm glad you could expound on that because this, where this the is the same yeah. account or the same uh, incident, but a different account of it, and the other one is more complete, and, so and it gives it gives light on what's. What happened? And there's a window into that for a moment. I'll get to it in a moment. But this idea of I just love the the humanity of Jesus here. How how long do I have to put up with you? Like he just got done getting encouraged by Moses and Elijah. Nobody's seen Moses and Elijah for in Moses' case thousands of years, hundreds maybe hundreds thousands. I can't remember now. 
Thousands, probably. At least think, a thousand. I think thousands. Elijah, at least 900 maybe or so years. I haven't seen them in a long time. And Jesus just got encouraged by them. Peter kind of made a snafu of it. But ultimately, Jesus got encouraged. And he comes down encouraged. I can do this on my way to Jerusalem and finds the nine arguing and just goes, how long? How long do I have to put up with you? I stepped out of eternity, out of perfection, out of the the presence, you know, just out of all of my godness that I have, you know. He didn't consider equality God with some, equality with God something to be grasped, but took on the very nature of a human, right? It's it, it's recorded elsewhere. And he goes, I'm doing this for these people, but gosh darn it, they just drive me nuts. And if eternity like compared to eternity, this felt like a long time. Yeah, thirty three years felt like a long time. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. And he's just, how long do I have to put up with you? Like, I just love this glimpse into the humanity of Jesus. So he says, bring your son here. Verse 42. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. I love that we have this huge setup. This frustrated Jesus, and all Luke records is, oh yeah, Jesus cast it out and gave the kid back to his dad, and they were dying. Everyone was pretty pleased with that. Scene. Yeah. Like, what? It's just, that's why I say, I think the the focus, especially with how Luke wrote it, wasn't so much on the healing of the boy, like, miraculous, but we, we see Jesus cast out demons all the time. Um, it, it's happened pretty regularly, and that wasn't so much Luke's focus, I don't think, and I see this... Just this glimpse at the humanity of Jesus, of in that moment of frustration, in spite of that moment of frustration, that's what I wanted to say, he still went to the cross. He could have easily gone, that's it, yeah. I'm done. Back Forget to eternity. It. I had a great, I had a whole new covenant put together, but you know what? You guys ruined it, so I'm out. <laughs> oh man, that would have made the Bible a really sad, but really kind of funny book. The little ironic twist. Thank God that's not where the story ends. It's like one of those choose-your-own-adventure Bibles. Yeah. If you want Jesus to to go back to heaven, go to page 34. If you want Jesus to keep doing ministry, turn to page 72. Like... You remember these books, don't you, Oh, yes, sir. I hope our listeners do. I really... I loved those as a kid. I would find a page that was interesting and work my way backwards. Oh, man, you... Ruining it. No, it was fun. Okay. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Uh, if you got your own fun out of it. I guess so. <laughs> Still in verse 43. Uh, while everyone was marveling at all that, all that, at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. <laughs> but they did not understand what this meant. <laughs> Come on, the Bible's funny, Orion. <laughs> Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, but they didn't understand what this meant. See, I get it. I totally get it. But, but have, I don't know that I would have. We have retrospective yeah. vision. And um, yeah, there's so much in this going forward. You know, We even see it uh, in the beginning of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, it says, uh, Luke records... That Jesus appeared to the disciples over 40 days and he had many meals with them and everything else. And and um, one of them actually, they're sitting down to eat. Jesus resurrected Jesus, died, died, buried, resurrected, appeared to them. Thomas stuck his fingers 
in the holes, the hand holes. Mm-hmm. Broiled fish. Yeah, broiled fish, miraculous catch of fish again. Yeah. Um, and yet, they're right before the ascension, one of them goes, hey, is this when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Are you, have you been paying any attention? It's why in Acts 1, Jesus goes, stay here in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. How long do I yeah. have to put up with you? Like, totally, he doesn't say that in Acts, but that's why. That's why the whole stay here in Jerusalem till you've received the Holy Spirit, because you guys are morons. You need some guidance. We are morons. It's why we need him. It's why we, even as believers, need the Holy Spirit, because left to ourselves, we're morons. We're morons. Please okay. donate to yeah. our ministry. Please give to our moronic ministry. <laughs> Uh, but they did not understand, this is verse 45, they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. Now, a lot of us, and I include myself in that, get stuck on this, it was hidden from them. But the other piece of it is so funny, they were afraid to ask him about it. And I point this out because this is where Orion and I are very different. If Orion and I are in a class and someone's teaching on the Bible or, or on, I don't know, how, Probably to, any subject how to weave baskets. Sure. And the teacher says something weird that doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. I would just sit back and go in my head, hmm, that didn't make sense. But I know that I know that I know that Orion's hand will shoot straight up and he will go, hey, that didn't make any sense. What do you mean by that? I have no idea what you're talking about and you're going to have to explain that to us before you go any further. And so it's really funny, like, they, the idea that they did life with him for so long. Now, granted, he just kind of blew up at them a little bit. Uh, how long do I have to put up with you? And they're like, let's not ask any more stupid questions. But this idea that they did life with Jesus day in and day out for three and a half years, and they saw all sorts of amazing things that when he said something they didn't understand, why they were afraid to ask. Yeah. And, and yet I'm... Oh man, here comes some soul-bearing honesty for a minute here. The go ahead. This whole they were afraid to ask because I'm thinking maybe maybe I'm an oddball. Maybe I'm a one in twelve kind of guy. You might be one in thirteen. Maybe that's what it is. You <laughs> yeah. know, I I don't know because I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid of, of much. I mean, I'm really not afraid of. I don't want to say anything. Snakes? No, I don't like. Okay. A lot of creatures, but I'm not, I don't have a fear of them necessarily. I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'll kind of do, uh, especially public speaking. Okay. Well, I'm like, I'm like, whatever about getting in front of people and I look stupid in front of a group. Okay. Did they laugh? Sweet. Yeah, um, good times. but I'm, what I'm thinking is like, if there was one guy that there in this group that was the guy that would, you could count on him to ask the, Hey, can you clarify that? If he was afraid I'm afraid of that fear. I'm Ooh. afraid of whatever that they were afraid of. I'm afraid of that. You're afraid of being that guy. I, yeah, I'm afraid of being in that in those shoes where you're with the mighty man Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and you you're afraid to ask what what he meant by that because then you can't properly enact. You know, the if he says, uh, okay, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to be. And then he tells you and you go, I didn't get that. Did anyone else understand that? You know, if you don't understand what he's saying, 
then you can't do what he says. Yeah, no, you've got to... And then, then I'm terrified of that. I'm terrified of being to the point where I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I, mean, I don't know. Does that make sense? No, perfect. Okay. Total, totally perfect sense. It's, uh, I was going to relate it differently, but yours is so much better. I'm going to move on. Um, so they didn't know what this meant. It was hidden from them, so they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. And instead, verse uh, 46, an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Wow. I have no idea what he's talking about, <laughs> but he likes me more than you. Oh, yeah? Well, James and John and I got to go up on the mountain. No. John goes, uh, I'm going to write a book. And just so you know, I'm going to make you all look bad. And I'm going to refer to myself as the one Jesus loved. Uh, like, like, that's the argument they had? Yeah. After all of this, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, verse 47, took a little child and had him stand behind, beside him. He just grabs a kid. Hey, come, kid. Come here. Stand here for a minute. <laughs> And he said, Illustrative purposes. Whomever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whomever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you, uh, least among you all, who is the greatest. And Thomas goes, All right. I win. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. It was a little funny poke at Thomas. Um, Master said, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he's not one of us. Don't stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. Oh, Ryan, I know you have stuff to say. And I I am afraid to mention what I (laughs) I think about this. (laughs) I know you struggle with this passage. We've talked about this before, you and I. I don't think it's ever come up on the show. No. There are two phrases that Jesus uses in the Bible that I'm going to say contradict themselves. (laughs) And you, I think, tried to explain how maybe you thought that they didn't. And I think you weren't satisfied. Uh, Correct. Okay. So so here's, so here's, here's one of them. Jesus says, don't stop this guy because whoever's not against you is for you. And, and then in the other instance, it was, um, I wish I could remember what the scenario was. Do you recall? I, tell me the, the, the passage and I might remo- recall. Whoever is not for me is against me. I'm going to find it while you okay. keep talking. So, so there's these two things. If you're the one, you don't even need to paraphrase it because it makes total sense. Whoever's, this one says, whoever is not against you is for you. So there's two states. And they're exclusive, right? Mutually exclusive. One of them is against. One of them is for. And he says, if you're not against, then you are for. There's only two possible states. I agree. The other one says, if if they're not for, then they are against. It's Matthew 12. I'm trying to get to it right now. But but the the interesting thing is there seems to be a middle position theoretically, that's neither for nor against. Everyone following me? So you got three positions, really. For, neither for nor against. Neutral. Neutral. Because you can't be both for and against, right? right. We right. can agree on that one. You can be neither, but not both. Right. So, so for, neutral, or against. 
And so that middle position is where that you might call that person the lukewarm person, yeah, that's right? What I was going to go with. We have yeah. that in Revelation, yeah. the mention of you're the, neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm, so I spit you out of my mouth. Jesus says. Correct. So that neutral position is where you think people might be somewhat safe, but Jesus says no, they're they're not. They if if they're not if they're neutral, they default to one of these other positions. But the thing is, he's got this. In this case, it's defaults to the four, and then the other one. Did you find it? I did, and I don't think it. It's so different. Um, Translation wise, or no Matthew twelve. Um, I'll probably start in verse 29. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Verse 30, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Right. So, And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come, and we are not addressing that right now. Okay. So <laughs> we'll do Matthew later. So here's the scenario why this one is a little sticky for me, why I get stuck here. Hypothetical person, they are not against Jesus, but they are not for him. They're in a what we would call a neutral position, okay? They're like, I don't uh, dislike him, I don't like him. Uh, Jesus says, if they're not against you, then they're for you. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that, that person now, are they saved because they're not against Jesus? You know, And he's talking about the disciples uh, or pe- people outside of the discipleship. that would. He's just talking about other people. He's not talking about himself in this verse in Luke. But then in Matthew, he's referring to himself. And so again, that neutral person, if they go, ah, Jesus, uh, he might be okay. I don't, I don't have a problem with him. He says, if they're not with him, then they're against him. And now that would be very easy to understand that person is not mm, saved. <laughs> that person's an enemy of Christ. So the, so the sticky thing for me is if someone is in the, what we would perceive a neutral state, in Matthew they seem to default to the enemy side, and in this one they seem to default to the uh, friend of Jesus side. And that's all. I mean, I don't know what to make of it other than uh, re- fairly recently I came to an understanding that if God in his sovereignty, wants to say that a person who is what I would say neutral, that theoretical neutral position, if he wants to say that they that he counts their sin not against them, then he's allowed to do that. Or yeah. if he wants to say, you know what, your sin counts against you, then I can't challenge that. It's a hard it's a hard thing, but it's no less true. Right. I just know that logically I can't resolve those two statements. But I can logically resolve that God can sovereignly choose whatever he wants. And that's, for me, someone who like really believes that they are, as myself, I think I'm rooted in logic and reason. I mean, that's not an opposition to faith. It's a, it's a part, Honestly, it's a component of my faith. I agree. It's really tricky for me to go, oh, that one doesn't work for me. But it's like, you know what? I just have to let go. And God is God, and I'm not. And I, I'd love, for, I'd love to have like a better understanding of this later, but I'm kind of done trying. <laughs> and and I'm in the same place you are, where when I bump up against something I can't reconcile, I am comfortable. Finally, it's only been the last five or six years. Um, I'm comfortable finally at just pulling up and going. That's why he's God and I'm not. I recognize, and I'm sure you do as well, Orion, that that's not as easy for some of our listeners to. It's it's a hard place to be. I, 
all I would say to you is prayer. I'd seek God on that, that he would get you to that place. Yeah, because the, the point of peace. If he yeah. can't get you to under the point of understanding, pray that he would get you to the point, point of, of peace. peace. Absolutely. And, and that, that can be frustrating even like as someone who's uh, who really, I need to know, you know. Uh, telling someone you just need to know that you're not going to understand some things is like no, forget that. Like, and I was talking with one of our listeners uh, last week, and they said that, and I agreed that I think people, that, you know, they thought that people stop too short of that understanding. They go, well, some things are just a mystery, but they stop while there's still a lot more that we can learn. So keep digging at this stuff, you know, keep yeah. chipping away at the at the stone and. Uh, you're gonna find those that diamond in there somewhere. You're gonna get the something that's of value to you, uh, but some things, you know, there's nothing else to get from that stone. <laughs> Can I throw a third wrench into this whole discussion? Oh, oh yes. Because I was I was looking at passages as you were talking of uh, similar to this, and um, the whole premise here is, you know, John goes, "Hey Jesus, uh, we seen some dude casting out demons in your name, and we told him you better cut it out because." Uh, he's not one of us. Like, there's no 13 apostles. There's only 12. So um, we just told him to cut it out. And Jesus goes, oh, it's okay. It's fine. Whoever's uh, whoever's not against us is for us, and um, et cetera. And then you get to Acts. And you get to Acts 19, and there's this super cool story in Acts 19. It's, uh, it's verses like 11 to 17 or so. Is Simon? No. Oh. This is uh, seven sons of Sceva, who is one person. Uh, Jewish uh, chief priest. Um, Verse 13, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Man, that's First, like third, 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 third party. Yeah, 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 like it's like pay to the order. Uh, I don't know him, but <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it worked also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. Oh, no, no, I get it now. There were seven sons of Sceva, who was a Jewish chief priest. I get it. Seven dudes. Uh, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow, that took a bad turn. <laughs> Whoever's not for us is going to get beat up and stripped of their clothes and chased out of the house. Right. I mean, that, that person even, and, and see, what is that about faith? You know, the the other side of this story we just read about the, the boy. Yeah. We're all over the place. We thought this <laughs> would be a bad. short episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, uh, this, um, I'm sorry, I'm looking back at my, my Bible. So right. demon-possessed boy, they come down, and the other account of this in the Bible uh, says, because uh, Jesus cast out the demon and then the, the disciples are like what the heck happened like, oh how, yeah yeah how come we couldn't right i was avoiding this but go ahead and then he says this uh this, this kind this type can only come out by prayer and fasting except like jesus didn't pray and fast about it well he he was prayed up and fasted up okay apparently. good enough all right but <laughs> but what it, but it would, but that um i don't even know where i was going with that but that <laughs> yeah no sorry i had it i was going and then it's okay. Anyway, that's another like they were at least going in Jesus's name. That didn't necessarily work. Uh, yeah, it's like there is not a formula here, huh? Oh man, I'm so glad you went there because that's where I was trying to go. Yeah, it 
it, we see it all throughout the gospel. So we, in our podcast, we dig in. We dig into the, uh, sometimes down to a word or a sentence or a, a, a paragraph. We're digging in, but when you back away um, and you look at scripture from further out, and you take the totality of the four Gospels and, and what we have recorded of Jesus' life and ministry. The one example I've given a few times is um, Jesus heals several different blind people over the course of his three and a half year ministry. No two blind people does he heal the same. I love that. One guy spits in mud and rubs it on his eyes. Another guy he tells to go wash somewhere. No, that's the same guy. Um, another guy I think he just lays hands on scales. That's Paul. Scales. Like scales fall off his eyes. But there's all these different ways Jesus does the same thing. And I think it comes down to that is that we want to look for a method. We want to look for a, a set a series of events to accomplish a task. And God goes, no, no, no. That's not how this works. You need to do it with me. Go all the way back, if you will, into the uh, Old Testament, into Joshua, and even to Judges, but particularly Joshua. The people of Israel enter into the Promised Land, and they've got to defeat all these Canaanite cities and and peoples in order to possess the land. And like they go to Jericho, and God's like, "Nope, leave your swords in your tents. Grab some trumpets and some guitars, a bass, maybe a kitar if Worship you've got team, one. Assemble, and, yeah, and and walk around the city for seven days. But on the seventh day, walk around seven times. And when you get seven times around, just yell at the walls. That sounds uh, sounds like a good plan." What? What? <laughs> what? You're not huh? seeing how this could work? And the place we know it falls down and everybody's destroyed except for Rahab. It falls down from the inside out for some reason. Even though they were shouting at the outside. Right. And there have even been theories that they walked around enough to compromise the foundation of the city because there were so many of them. Whatever. That's the dumbest thing I've heard today. And today <laughs> I shared with you that the scientific name for gorilla... <laughs> Gorilla, is, gorilla, is gorilla. gorilla, gorilla. Yeah, and then the Western Lowland gorilla. The scientific name is gorilla, gorilla, gorilla. Yet walking around seven times plus the previous six times, thirteen times, somehow undermined the walls enough that they all fell outward. That's the dumbest thing. You've I've never heard, heard this before. That's the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time. Okay, well, let it go because I don't want to get stuck there. That's like the thing about the. I'm sorry. The like, oh, uh, crossing the Red Sea. Uh, yeah, it must have been low tide, and then uh, they got stuck. The chariot wheels got stuck. Like they try to people try to explain how this could possibly happen without requiring a mir- you know, miraculous giant flood of water. It said that the walls were on either side of them, walls of water. Yeah, and they walked through on dry ground. On not dry, mud. not moist ground. No, dry. Yeah, I hate dumb explanations I do for too. Bible stuff. Sorry. That, so the point I was trying to get Go at ahead. was, and then the next city they did something different, and the next city they did something different, and the next city they did something different, because this is what's true of God. God knows us, that if this, if something he wants accomplished is accomplished the same way every time, we will focus on the method. Mm-hmm. I will. I don't know about you, Orion. Hey, this worked last time. Let's do it again. Right. So it's like Moses, right? Remember the people are complaining about water. God goes, well, hit that rock with a stick. Water flowed out. So a little while later, they're complaining about water. And Moses doesn't even ask God. He goes and whacks a rock with a stick. Yeah. Meribah means bitter. Uh, The water tasted like dirt. Mm. Uh, Actually, it was bitter. I don't know if it tasted like dirt. I wasn't there. There would have been better, it sounds like. But because we want method. We want... Uh, here's how it happens every time. There's another word I'm looking for, and I can't think of it right now. But we want this set method to how to do the will or the work of God. And God goes, nope. 
Seek me. Mm -hmm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all this stuff will be added unto you. Seek God. We, uh, the key to this is not even necessarily prayer and fasting. It's seek God. It can't be done without seeking God, which is all prayer and fasting is. There's no magic in that mm -hmm. other than we're seeking God, who has all power and all authority over all demons and all creation, all everything. He's got... He's sovereign. He he's got it all. So that, that hit me pretty good. I wasn't expecting to be hit by that. Sorry. Verse fifty one. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus re resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. Historical background. I think we talked about this before. I don't think it was on the podcast. I thought it was. Maybe it was. Then we do woman, Samaritan woman was previous, right? Was it here? I think I taught on it at church. Yeah, I thought that was here. I don't know. I don't know it doesn't matter. Anyway, okay. uh, Samaritans, uh, Jews, totally opposed to each other, did not get along, didn't like each other. Um, and Jews maintained that the only place to worship God was in Jerusalem at the temple. Samaritans said it was on this mount. I can't remember the name of the mountain now, but the, that was the place you should worship God. You couldn't God. pronounce it anyway. I couldn't. It was at church. It wasn't on the podcast. I remember now. Because um, I had several people come up to me after and go, it's pronounced like this. And newsflash, no two of them pronounced it the same way. <laughs> so anyway, I will let that go. Um, but they said, no, the place to worship God is on this mountain. And it was this huge um, rift between Jews and Samaritans to the point where, I think I shared this before, um, but I know I shared it in the message I did at church. At some point, shortly before Jesus' time, the Jews came in and totally destroyed the Samaritan temple on this mountain. And then uh, a little while later, the Samaritans snuck into Jerusalem and littered the temple grounds with dead bodies. They weren't friends. And so they find out Jesus needs a place to stay and get settled because he's on his way to Jerusalem. And they go, nope. Nope, that's not the place you worship. We're not doing anything for him. So verse 54, when the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. And then he and his disciples went to another village. It's just a funny like anecdote in here of Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. And I got to wonder what's going through his head. We saw it a little bit in the account of the, the casting out of the demon of how long do I have to put up with you, you, you wicked and perverse generation. And Jesus is frustrated and his mind is occupied and they're on their way and he knows what's coming. And he's tried to tell his disciples at least three or four times what's coming and they're not getting it. And instead they're arguing about who's the greatest and it just is going nowhere. And he goes, you know what? We got to spend the night. Oh, we're just going to go through Samaria. A uh, couple of you, will you go uh, see if you can get us some hotel rooms? Uh, we could double up, so we need probably six rooms. See if we can get some adjoining ones um, and make sure they've got somewhere with a continental breakfast in the morning. That's right. And um, they come back and they go, we messed up, Jesus. And he goes, well, what happened? And they go, well, we mentioned we were on the road to Jerusalem. We needed a place to stay. And they said that uh, if you're not on your way to Mount, I, Peter can't pronounce it. Um, I don't, you can't stay here. So we messed up. And James and John go, sons of thunder, by the way. Yes. Go, hey, Jesus, uh, you want us to call on fire from heaven and burn down the holiday inn? And Jesus just goes, is that, is that, 
that's that's all the power and authority I gave you. I gave you all power and authority, and you want to call down fire on a Holiday Inn. I think of that dumb mobster in like the Looney Tunes cartoons. He's like, you want I should kill them? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's the absurdity of it, right? Jesus just goes, it doesn't even give us his words. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking just, about? Yes, I totally know. <laughs> That needs to be like, I wish that wasn't copyrighted material because that would be the perfect image for this episode. Yeah, up. Um, Jesus just turned and rebuked him and he goes, let's just go somewhere else. Be somewhere else right now. As they're walking along, verse uh, 57, they're walking along the road and a man says to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus goes, well, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to raise to lay his head. Because James and John over here want to call down fire on a holiday inn. And he says to another guy, he goes, hey, follow me. The guy goes, uh, Lord, uh, yeah, this is so cool. Um, I got to go bury my father. Uh, I'll quote the actual scripture. It says, but he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And this stuff seems really harsh. It does. Like if I had to preach Sunday, I have to preach next Sunday. Um, if I had to preach Sunday, um, and my dad died. I'm probably going to try and get somebody to cover for me. Sure. So I can uh, go deal with that. It, it was more, um, there's another passage where Jesus goes, uh, if, if anyone wants to come after me and doesn't hate his... Father mother and mother, father yeah. and brothers, uh, he has no place with me. Yeah. We're not supposed to hate people. Um, wow. <laughs> Orion has given up. <laughs> He's like, Jesus says a lot of weird stuff, man. And none of it makes any sense to me. I give up. Um, it's this idea of um, where's our focus? Where's our priority? What matters? What really matters? Are we all in with Jesus? Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. When he gets there, they're going to lock him up. They're going to beat him, and they're going to kill him. He knows. He knows what's coming. He's on the way. Uh, it's kind of like like when you're a kid, and you know you got to go get shots. Like, you're on the way. There's no fun in this. Yeah, you got to get out of school early, but you got to go get shots. I guess... No fun. Uh, pray for red lights. That's the only way to stall this off. It's going to happen. And along the way, people are trying to, like, Jesus is the hottest ticket in Israel at this point. He is. Everybody's heard about this guy, and they are stoked about him. And we know this because of what happens when he first comes into Jerusalem. They start yelling at him, Hosanna, you got to save us. You are everything we have ever wanted. You've got to deliver your people. Now's the time. This is the place. Now. Now. Gotta do it. And so along the road, he's on his way to Jerusalem, and guys are popping up. And go, oh, that's, that's the Jesus guy. I'll follow you wherever you go. I just got to go home and take care of a couple of things. And Jesus goes, you can follow me wherever I'm, I'm going, but you want to you do other stuff? just to make sure you're ready to follow me? No. Mm. Either you're going to follow me, and that stuff can happen when it happens, or forget about it. Either this is everything to you, or it's nothing to you. And I can say those words, and they sound super great, and 
I have a feeling when I listen to this episode later, I'm going to be like, I can't believe I said that. Because this is hard. I, I'm not there. I recognize these are the words of Jesus about where we're supposed to be. And there's a lot of areas in scripture like this where the bar is set so high. And you look at it and go, I can't get up there. There's two ways you can walk away from that. You can either go, I can't get up there, but I'm going to try and get as close as I can. Or there's the, I can't get up there, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother, you've already lost. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's trying to separate the who's all in, who's going to do everything they can, and who's just here because they want to be a part of what's happening. Mm. <laughs> I preached a message a Sunday or two ago, kind of along these lines of, why are we going to church? Are we here to get more of Jesus? Are we here to find this Jesus character, to learn more about him, to, to understand him better? Or are we here because we think it's something cool and we're going to get something out of it? more than Jesus or less than or different than? Are we all in because we want to be a part of what God is doing and who God is? Or is it just something cool we found that we think will make us important or special or whatever else? we got to be all in. All in for Jesus. There is no other way. 